This is Gregory Campbell, the original Greg Boy, and you are tuning into Gabbin with Greg. Hey everyone, I hope you're having yourselves a pretty good day. We're going to be continuing with the ongoing series, The Arrowverse, where I cover every single Arrowverse show. Now here I'm going to be covering the second half of my Arrow review, so it's going to be seasons 4 through 8, not including any crossover episodes. If you haven't heard my review of seasons 1 through 4, be sure to check out my previous episode. Now, I haven't done a review in a while. I haven't released uh, an episode in some time, mostly because of some of the news I found out with the Arrowverse just doing a little bit of research here and there. Turns out the Arrowverse is technically coming to an end. So at least in terms of, I think the Flash is the last show. So after that, this is pretty much it. So at least it makes things easier because at least I can cover all the Arrowverse shows without having to go back and watch anything different. And it also means some of the shows that are still going on are actually no longer part of the Arrowverse, or at least it was believed to have been. Um, the two shows right now is Superman, Lois, as well as Stargirl. So I probably will cover those at a later point, but I won't cover it for this series. Also, unfortunately, I'm wearing Invisalign, so I might have a couple issues here with pronunciation. So if I sound weird or if there's an episode that comes out really late, this is the reason why. Anyway, without further ado, let's begin with season five. Season 5 of Arrow honestly just feels like a soft reboot. At the end of Season 4, Thea, aka Speedy, left Team Arrow and quit being a vigilante. John Diggle went back into the army, and Black Canary died. So the team was pretty much reduced to Oliver and Felicity, and they're essentially back to square one. So the both of them actually ended up looking for new vigilantes to recruit. So it means we get a whole new Team Arrow, which is pretty cool. And this also means we get new characters, except for one that I'll mention now. There is a character named Curtis who was in the last season, but to be honest, he wasn't really that important, so I didn't mention him. But I'll mention him now because he becomes a part of Team Arrow. He's known as Mr. Terrific. He's also joined by Renee, Wild Dog, Artemis, well, Evelyn, aka Artemis, Rory, aka Ragman, and eventually a new version of Black Canary, Dinah Drake, who also has an iconic scream from the comic books. I don't really have anything bad to say about the side characters. I think for what it is, it's pretty cool. The only issue that I can probably think of is that side characters are kind of just there. I don't know if it's just me being picky or if it's burnout from binging this whole series, but I found myself not as interested in most of the side characters' plots. In part, this is also because of what we have for Oliver and the villain. Also, because the characters, when they're alone, they're just boring. Curtis, aside from his nerdy quips and banter felicity, the only thing that we learn about him is that he's an Olympic medalist and he has a husband. That's basically the only thing that I know about him. Rory is really good at making alcohol, and he leaves the season like some point like midway through the season. And I feel like the writers only did this because he's just way too powerful. I mean, you give a guy with a supernatural 
magical suit that makes him bulletproof and allows him to literally withstand a nuke. Yeah, they had the right amount because they weren't going to nerf him. And, you know, as I mentioned before in season four, you shouldn't really mix magic in a show that's supposed to be mundane and grounded. And I feel like this was their way of kind of, you know, getting rid of him by just essentially saying, oh, his suit no longer works. He has to lead the team. Kind of whack. Also, let me just get back to the rest of the team before I get into a rant here. Evelyn Sharp, Artemis, the only thing that's interesting about her is that she betrays a team and turns evil. That's basically her only character development. Beyond that, I don't really remember anything about her. She probably had other stuff, but to be honest, it wasn't important. Now, aside from that, Renee and Dinah, to be honest, they're, they're okay. I don't really have an issue with them. I think they're pretty cool, and I was actually excited to see them you know, in the next season. Though, I will say, I still miss Laurel. Same Dino was cool, but I, I, I really did miss Laurel. Which, speaking of Laurel, we actually get a visit from an Earth 2 version of Laurel this season who's known as Black Siren. Now, it'll take way, way too long to explain this, but basically there's an alternate version of Earth where the heroes are villains and the villains are heroes. I'll talk more about that when I cover The Flash. Anyway, yeah, Laurel comes in from Earth 2, becomes a big thorn, Team Arrow's back. She's only like a brief villain for this season, then she comes back in the next season and has a more prominent role. There's also two additional things I left out that I need to mention here. Felicity and Oliver still split at the beginning of this season. If you remember last season, Felicity had the whole issue with Oliver and the baby, so she broke up with him. So she's now dating someone else from the police department, though he also dies eventually and uh, Oliver and Felicity get back together. I didn't really care about this because, uh, to be honest, the show was pushing all of Olicity down my throat for like four whole seasons, and I just kind of, when I saw this guy, my honest thought was, so are they going to break up, or is he going to die, like what's going to happen, and he died, so whatever. Also, another thing that I left out, last season Oliver ran for mayor and he ended up winning, so this season we kind of see him as mayor, which is kind of cool seeing the dynamic between Oliver and Green Arrow, seeing how Oliver helps the city as a mayor and how Green Arrow stops bad guys as a vigilante. So it's pretty cool. Nothing super memorable, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Thea also assists him as like some like chief staff person. So I guess it gave her something to do, not that I found her plot interesting in the first place. I'll talk about Thea more in a bit because I have a bit of an issue with her as a character. Now, the last thing I'll mention here before I move on to the villain, I need to mention one additional vigilante. All you need to know about him is that he's a vigilante named Vigilante. Yes, I know the name is wacky, but just stay with me. He stops bad guys by killing them and Oliver's like, yo, don't kill people. Maybe join my team or something. And he's like, yeah, but some of your team uses guns to kill people, so... Also, I'm coming back next season, bye. That's basically it. He comes back next season to worry about him. But anyway, moving on. Villain. The villain is this guy named Prometheus. He's a very skilled fighter and has a lot of beef with Oliver since uh, season one. In season one, Oliver was given a list of people that have committed awful crimes within Star City, and he had made it his goal to kill every single one of them, which included a relative of Prometheus, I think it was his dad or something or whatever. Pretty cool. 
Now, this made for a very interesting villain because pretty much every other villain up to this point basically wanted to destroy the city, but we actually get a villain that just wants to destroy Oliver, which is pretty cool. Prometheus makes it a point to target him for every single kill that he made back in season one. He tortured him to all kinds of crazy stuff to him. And he actually made Oliver admit that he enjoyed killing people back then, which honestly was a pretty crazy scene. I remember watching it, even now watching it. Uh, when I was younger, I thought this was insane. Watching it now, it's still, I would say for what you would normally get from a CW show, this is pretty damn good, I would say, at least in my opinion. Now, this eventually leads Oliver to, uh, you know, disband the team he's like way too broken and he leans on the russian mob to stop prometheus and protect people and it goes crazy anyway speaking of the russian mob we actually see in the flashbacks of this season how oliver met the russian mob which is um i think it's called the bratva or something and um he joins their ranks and it's it's pretty cool now this is also the last season where we get flashbacks, which is kind of weird because this is something that's been a big part of Arrow, you know, all these seasons. We just see him, how he becomes the man that we see now in current day time. So it is kind of interesting seeing all this, knowing that this is the last time we're going to see the flashbacks. Now the finale ends in some kind of crazy mystery, which honestly I think was one of the best ways and Arrow season ended. Prometheus captures Team Arrow along with Oliver's kid and mom and all the rest to go to the island that you know he was stuck on years ago to rescue them. He also asked Deathstroke from season two of Arrow to help him and Malcolm Merlin tags along mostly because he wants to save Thea, which is really cool. Kind of seeing all of them teaming up. Fortunately, Malcolm Merlin dies. He sacrificed himself to save Thea. Then Later on, Oliver finds out that there's bombs on the island, and if he ends up killing Prometheus, because that's what he wanted to do, but Prometheus had a plan, so if Prometheus dies, then the bombs will trigger and will kill everyone on the island, which is how it was set up. Now, unfortunately, Prometheus ends up, uh, you know, uh, shooting himself, and uh, the, you know, the, the bombs go off, the island, you see it just blowing up, and it looks really bad, and I was honestly sitting there thinking to myself who's gonna die and that's just how the whole season ends it's just a complete shock and to be honest i think this made me love arrow again after season four i didn't know if i wanted to watch another season of arrow but at that point i was already committed so i just thought to myself i'll just watch this season and i don't regret it at all easily a thumbs up for me then we move on to season six now season six honestly isn't a horrible season i think it's just a bit of a letdown because of how season five ended now we learn after the events of the island explosion that only one person died which is oliver's kids's mom um, i'm honestly still blanking on her name i didn't really care to remember it but i know the kid's name is william so i'll just say it's william's mom so yeah william's mom died as a result of the explosions i don't have an issue if they want to protect some of the other characters but i feel like having one additional character dying or at least be taken out of the season for some time i think would have been a much better decision in my opinion and you know it's 
just crazy that literally like the whole island blows up and literally only one person died seems a bit wacky to me oh and i, I guess i will mention that thea did get put into a coma but to be honest i didn't really care because as a character she doesn't really do anything important i mean she's either doing nothing she has a boring plot or she's just kind of assisting someone else who has their own plot going on or at worst like in season three she's used as a plot device and ends up getting killed or or something it's you know i just feel like to give her something better to do and i feel like at least this season they kind of give her something to do but at this point when i saw that she was in the coma i was just like yeah whatever now this season deals with Oliver and Felicity taking care of William, as well as dealing with the new villains of the season. The season is split into two halves, which in my opinion I think is just a really good idea. I find myself just getting burned out watching every season, dealing with one villain over 20 episodes. I think having 10 episodes dedicated to one villain, 10 episodes dedicated to another, in my opinion I think just makes the story a little bit better. Now the first half, they're dealing with this crazy hacker dude I think named Caden James or something. And he feels compelled to basically blow stuff up because he lost his child and he blames Green Arrow. He thinks it's Green Arrow's fault and Team Arrow ends up stopping him by pretty much talking to him and saying that it's not true. Like they revealed to him that it's like Photoshop or something and he's like, well, uh, shoot, sorry for trying to blow up the city. That's kind of awkward. And that's kind of how they stop him by pretty much telling him that like, whoever gave him this information it's not true and yeah he goes to jail but then like literally the hacker guy gets killed off i think like the following episode by the main villain for the second half of the season ricardo diaz and he looks really cool and he digs into the team era for the rest of the season though i feel like by the end of the season i didn't really care about him even though he was supposed to be coming back in the following season one thing I will say though about his character, I do remember one episode where he manages to capture and torture Roy Harper who, you know, left the show many seasons ago and was in hiding. How he found him, I don't know, but basically he found him, tortured him, and it was crazy and Thea had no choice but to put her speedy costume back on to rescue him, which I thought was a pretty interesting episode. I thought it was pretty cool and they kind of leave and do their thing. so. At least it gave her something to do. In my opinion, I felt like they haven't really given her anything to do. So I felt her being written off the show, I think, was probably the best thing for her, in my opinion. Another interesting plot thread within this season, there's some kind of beef between Black Canary and Black Siren. I mentioned earlier, you know, that Earth 2 Laurel's here and she's pretty crazy. She ends up actually killing the new Black Canary, you know, Dinah's uh, boyfriend, who's the anti-hero named Vigilante, which, you know, the guy that I mentioned earlier who uses guns to kill people. Basically, it's her long-lost boyfriend. Don't worry about it. It's not that important. Basically, she learns that it's, his, it's her boyfriend who she thought, like, died or whatever, but then he actually does die this time, and it's kind of sad, and Dinah's mad, and she basically hates Laurel, so, yeah, big fight. And Quentin Lance, who's, you know, Earth One's Laurel's father, he's trying to stop any bloodshed because he doesn't want to see this version of Laurel get killed because he already lost, you know, his daughter. So, it's, you know, and then eventually this culminates into a big Team Arrow versus Team Arrow fight, you know, Laurel versus Oliver and like their team versus the other team. And it's pretty cool. 
it's kind of feels like a, its own version of Civil War, Marvel Civil War, that is. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not too bad. I thought it was pretty cool to watch all this happen. But then it eventually ends with Laurel revealing herself to the public and pretending to be this Earth One version of Laurel. And she becomes a DA, so it's pretty crazy because at this point she's untouchable. How she pulls this off, because to my knowledge, this Earth 2 version of Laurel doesn't have any like knowledge in, in terms of like legal anything. So she kind of just wings it and reads a lot, and now she's like the DA now. I, I don't question it, it's a CW show, just let it be. Now, you might be wondering, well, Greg, you're talking about all these plots of what about the villain? Does he does he do anything cool? And to be honest, not really. I mean, he, the, the only thing that he does is kind of interesting. He kind of becomes a big thorn in Oliver's back and causes him to be impeached and accused because his identity kind of gets leaked, you know, him being Green Arrow. And he tries his best to kind of hide it because, you know, Green Arrow is associated with the Hood or the Arrow from Season 1 who literally murdered, like, a ton of people. So Oliver would be going to jail if it's revealed. Now, Oliver has no choice but to officially reveal himself so then the FBI can protect his family and put him in put put them in witness protection program so then they can go after Diaz. Not that it mattered because they didn't even catch him. They have a big fight, Oliver beats him up and was going to stop him, but then Black Canary not Black Canary, Black Siren Laurel goes after Diaz because Diaz killed Quentin Lance, you know, the dad, and it's kind of sad. It's an off-screen death, too, which is kind of weird. But yeah, Laurel gets mad and, like, screams at him, and he, like, falls off a building. But then he survived and comes back next season, and that's basically it. I don't have an issue with the writers trying to bring back another villain for a future season or whatever, but it just kind of felt like we've we seen him fight Oliver and he can't beat him in hand-to-hand. -hand. He even lost Athea in hand-to-hand, -hand, a girl who literally just came out of a coma and she beat the crap out of him. So I just kind of sat there and thought to myself, why is he gonna be a villain again for season seven? Because we already saw it lose. But anyway, I don't question it. I just knew he was coming back next season. I was just like, okay, whatever. But yeah, honestly, I watched this season and season six is okay. I mean, I give it a thumbs up. It's it's not bad. It's probably like a, a half thumbs up, maybe slightly to the side, but it's not bad. Season seven, however, is kind of where things change a little bit. It started off with the bang and then it kind of just faded away and I got relatively bored with the season. I think I found myself more invested in the side plots than I did with the main plot, which is weird. I can't really say that it's a bad thing about the show. I could say it's a definitely a first because I think up until this point I was more invested in the main plot than the side plot, but now I found myself more invested in the side plot than I did the main plot, at least for the second half of the season. I will say at least for the first half of the season, the opener is probably by far one of the best openers of any Arrow season. Well, except for season five. Season five is just way too cool in my opinion. Now we actually see Oliver in prison, surrounded by all the villains of the previous season. So seeing that happens pretty interesting, especially considering that everyone knows 
who he is. Everyone knows that he's the Green Arrow, so it's pretty crazy. And it's kind of him in prison dealing with all that crap. On top of dealing with the fact that Felicity and William are in witness protection program from Diaz. Not that it mattered because Diaz found them and went, went completely mental, like went, went crazy and beat the crap out of Felicity in one of the scenes, which was also insane. I remember watching this and I just thought, is Felicity gonna die here? Because <laughs> this is like, this is insane. Uh, this whole opener is just, wow, amazing. But seeing all this happen is pretty cool. Uh, Felicity has to, you know, go into hiding. He's dealing with, you know, Diaz and Oliver is trying to get out of prison to protect his own family. He can't really do that. So it's, it's a pretty dark thing there. Uh, but eventually, for some reason, Diaz gets beat up, like, I think, like, eight or nine times throughout the first half of the season there's a new green arrow got person that shows up turns out it's oliver's long lost sister because he I, I don't question it it's just it, this is a cw show this is a soap opera it, this is the most soap opera thing i've ever heard he has an additional sister that he never heard about because his father had a whole different family i think in china or something so yeah, she shows up and she's like the new Green Arrow and she beats the crap out of Ricardo Diaz and then John beats the crap out of Ricardo Diaz. He gets beat up a lot. They eventually get thrown into jail and then, yeah, he eventually loses and gets like burned alive by the sister. It's not the important, it's just whatever. Don't question it. He gets beat up so many times, I didn't really care. Whenever he showed up, I was just like, okay, so who's going to beat him up this time? <laughs> just bring back Thea again. She can beat him up. Or I don't know, bring in Felicity. Felicity can beat him up, I guess. I don't know. Some Bring bring in a random character from another show. I I, I don't care. Bring, so bring someone in. Bring Elmo from Sesame Street. He, he, he Elmo can beat him up. Whatever. Anyway... He eventually dies, it's, it's cool, and then, you know, the new villain is, believe it or not, it's the sister, and the sister is part of some kind of big, crazy, I guess, like, cult or evil company group, and she kind of just turns evil because plot, and but then she becomes good and sacrifices herself and dies because plot. To be honest, I by this season, I was already kind of burned out. And I honestly can tell you everything. Now, without just looking things up on Wikipedia, I don't really want to do that. I just want to give my honest thoughts and what I took away from this season. In my opinion, the main plot thread, at least for the second half of the season, is kind of boring and forgettable. I will say season seven, I think because I feel like in part because of the writing. And I think it, it, it shows in season eight here. In season seven, it's still like 20 something episodes. And I feel like the writers didn't know how to stretch everything out over 20 something episodes. And it shows because there's a lot of side plots and things that happen, which are still very entertaining to watch, but aren't super integral to the main plot. And that's my only issue with this season is that it just feels like things are just being pushed along because they want to set up the final season. Now, I will say around this point, they're setting things up for final, uh, not Final Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I almost said Final Crisis. That's a whole different comic book thing, which I recommend if you if you never read comic books, Final Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, great stories. But 
this whole season seven is kind of somewhat of setup for Crisis on Infinite Earths. They had a whole crossover about it, but I'll talk about the crossovers in a future episode. But yeah, basically this, this whole side plot is either revolving around that or it's revolving around um, fun stuff. They had a whole documentary style episode, which was pretty cool. They had an episode about some kind of serial killer person who I think like sliced Dinah Drake's throat and she couldn't scream anymore for a while. Um, oh, they had a redemption arc for Laurel. The Earth 2 Laurel, and she's now become this new Black Canary, and she becomes, well, not like the new one, because Diana Drake is still Black Canary, she just can't scream anymore, but Laurel is the new Black Canary, and she becomes a Canary, so it's pretty cool. Pretty cool seeing her redeem herself, and yeah, I don't really have much else to say about this season. I, I wish I had more additional stuff to add. Um, oh, I mean, Oliver becomes a vigilante again. He eventually gets released from prison, but everyone knows that he's Green Arrow, so he is—he still becomes Green Arrow. He just doesn't wear a mask because, like, there's no point. Everyone knows who he is, so he's just being himself, which I thought was kind of cool, pretty interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, this season is just kind of there. I honestly can't even give it a good or bad rating. I don't think I cared enough about this season. It's just—it's okay. If I the best way I can describe it, it's like the McRib. Of McDonald's you know I don't really know anyone that sat there and said I love season seven I want more of that I don't really know anyone that actually asked for this either we just kind of got it I wanted I think after season six I was just like we can just end the show and when I saw season seven I was like okay I don't know why we had this season this season's honestly forgettable don't even worry about it um, there's a bunch of other stuff that I, like, I honestly just left out simply because it's not super important. Like, I think like, like his sister died at the end of the season. Not that it mattered because literally at the very end of the season of season seven, um, the monitor who's like some guy from the crossover shows up and he's like, yo, remember like what I told you, it's time to like do stuff now. And he's like, okay, yeah, you're right. And that's how it ended. So. Yeah, I'll give this like one one McRib out of like one McRib. All right, now I forgot to mention this, but uh, before I go on to season eight, I will mention that this season actually had a flash forward, which was pretty interesting because it focuses on William, you know, Oliver's son, going to a futuristic star city, running into Mia Queen, who, or well, Mia Smoke in the flashbacks, who's the daughter of oliver queen and it's it's pretty cool seeing this happen we actually get to see them form this version of team arrow it's pretty cool yeah i'm just mentioning now because it's going to become relevant in season eight so yeah anyway as i said one mcrib out of one mcrib moving on season eight let's do it so season eight by this point i was already pretty hyped for this season mostly because for one this is the last season two it's half the amount of episodes that we normally get which i was pretty excited to watch and three crisis on infinite earths now for those who don't know crisis on infinite earths is a really really cool comic if you haven't read it just give it a whirl i really think that you're gonna like it it's really cool this whole season kind of revolves around a essentially like a prelude to crisis on infinite earths and then they have two episodes that kind of close everything off. 
this season doesn't really feel like a season, more of just pre-crisis slash fan service. In fact, the first season we see Oliver in Earth 2, where they're going through the events of season 1 of Arrow, with the Dark Archer trying to destroy part of Star City. This case, it's actually not Malcolm Merlin that's playing the Dark Archer. It's uh, his son, Tommy Merlin, who's um, supposed to be best friends with Oliver Queen. So it's pretty interesting seeing all this happen. I'm pretty excited. I was pretty excited watching all this. And also we see Earth 2 Laurel return. And it's pretty cool seeing her. She actually has a new costume, which looks awesome. We also have a new version of Green Arrow, who's technically prometheus it's, it's, it's interesting I, I nonetheless i was really excited watching just the opener of arrow alone and then seeing all the characters from the previous seasons coming back and seeing them and, and seeing their roles in the in the whole season is awesome though at the end of the day just to kind of reiterate this is still a prelude to to, to christ on infinite earths so it isn't it's kind of a mix of a show for Arrow, but also a precursor to Christ on Infinite Earths. Keep in mind, with all the other shows, I don't think any of the other shows had much importance to Crisis, at least for their first half of the season. But this show made a point to double down on it. Now, in terms of Christ on Infinite Earths, the last season, they had this whole prophecy thing where... Oliver learned that either him or Barry were going to sacrifice themselves to save the world. But Oliver knew what was going to happen. So, you know, he kind of wanted to do what he could to ensure that no one else died for him. Um, and that's kind of what we get in terms of the crossover, which I'll talk about in the future. But yeah. This whole season is really awesome, in my opinion. A lot, a lot of fun action. Everything's fast-paced. As I mentioned before, it's like half the episode, so we get no fluff, no side plot. It's just fights, action. It's really cool. We actually also get to see the future characters from, like, you know, the flash forward appear in present day along with present day Oliver. And we actually get to see Mia interact with Oliver, which we didn't really get to see last season because, you know, flash forward, Oliver doesn't exist in the future at that point. And then we also get to see an adult William showing up. And honestly, just these kind of conversations and interaction that we see amongst them, it's just really nice and kind of homey feeling. And I think, in my opinion, I think seeing this season it made me really happy. But at the same time, that made me kind of disappointed. I thought to myself, how could we get a season with writing that's this good and then we look at the other seasons and not that it was not that the other seasons were horrible but in comparison it's just nine day it's just it's really weird to watch this but anyway the, the show has to come to an end at some point so uh, watching it and seeing it end in this way was it was nice not too bad then we have the big crossover thing and then eventually we get the final two episodes of Arrow. Now, I won't go over the second to last episode until like last, last. I want to at least cover what the end of Arrow was and what, you know, what it was to be and what the kind of the setup was because this last season 
really made a point to talk about how things are going to change. You know, with the crossover, Oliver dies in the crossover because he didn't want anyone else to die for him, so he sacrifices himself. Then he becomes this cool spectral person. If you're familiar with the comic books, he becomes a specter. If you're not familiar with the comic books, understand he's like a very powerful dude. Then there's an anti-monitor who's this like really evil guy and basically he destroys all universes and Oliver as a specter all brings the universe back to life but he merges all the earths essentially into one um mostly to help with continuity because um not to get too crazy into continuity here but um supergirl which you know has uh, who has another show she's based in earth 38 which is a whole nother earth but crisis they kind of move everything combine everything to one so she's on one black lightning also on one too but um yeah but he sacrificed himself so then there could be a new earth it's pretty cool pretty sad so this last episode kind of shows how this earth has changed and everything's different for example Oliver's mom is still alive. If I remember correctly, I think Quentin Lance is alive. Earth 2 Laurel is on this Earth instead of the Earth 1 Laurel, which I'm not 100% against. I think this version of Laurel is pretty cool, so I'm okay with that. And um, yeah, this last season Arrow just kind of deals with the fallout of, you know, what happened. You see the characters kind of moving on. We actually see Mia Queen come back for the funeral and we learn that she takes up the mantle of Green Arrow in the future, which I think is really cool. It sets up a legacy for this show, which I'll talk about in a bit. And yeah, I mean, I just think that the ending of the show is it's it's nice and it's sweet. They bring back characters from the past. We get a cool flashback to season one of all of just fighting. I think it's just amazing i think see this show had some of the best fight scenes that i've ever seen on the the, the television network and you know it made me just feel a little felt a little bit like a kid on the inside again watching arrow as a child i just thought the fight scenes were awesome and just watching this whole episode just that 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 final episode it was just really nice honestly um it wasn't the most bestest thing I've ever seen, but I think for what, for how they could have ended the show, I think it's pretty good in my opinion. We also get a tease that John Diggle is potentially going to become a Green Lantern. We don't really get much follow up to that. It's just kind of just there, but yeah, whatever. Overall though, I really liked this season. I thought it was really cool. I easily give this season a thumbs up. Now I will just a second to last episode because this was supposed to be a backdoor pilot to a future spin-off show, Green Arrow and the Canaries. And this was supposed to take place in the future and this was going to involve Mia Queen, the new Green Arrow, along with two new Black Canaries, Dinah Drake and Laurel Lance and their adventures in Star City. And to be honest, watching this episode it wasn't it wasn't too bad to be honest it felt like its own separate thing it didn't feel like it it didn't feel like it was trying to be arrow it felt like its own separate thing and i thought for what it was it was intriguing enough i was interested in the idea of seeing this show i i, I don't know if i wanted to see eight seasons of it but maybe a season or two i think it'd be really cool i don't i don't think the i don't think the episode did well enough for CW to greenlit a show, 
very unfortunate in my opinion. I feel like this could have been pretty interesting to watch, but we didn't really get that. So uh, fortunately, this is kind of where Arrow ends. Um, we do get to see some return of Mia Queen in The Flash, but um, that's the most, most that we get from it. Now, reflecting on Arrow as a whole, I think, and I think this is something that I will bring up again when I talk about the Arrowverse, when I watched this growing up, I was a big fan of it. And I think in a way, I think back then, my tastes in shows were very different. I think I didn't need a show that had the best writing or the most well-written, thought-out stories. You know, a lot of it is predictable. But I think watching a show that was predictable, I think I was okay with that because the, even though I knew I wasn't going to be super shocked, I think just watching it and feeling the impact of what was going to happen, even though I knew it was going to happen, it just felt satisfying. And on top of that, it's very melodramatic. It's literally a soap opera with superhero characters with spandex and leather. And it, it's, it's cool. It's cool watching it. And I think for what it was, it's great. And honestly, watching it again, I had fun, even though I tore into some of the seasons, <laughs> even though I had a lot of seasons that I wasn't uh, a big fan of, I think for what it was, I thought it was not too bad. If I had to give an overall rating for Arrow, which in this case I'm going to use a, 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 ten, a, a, a 10 scale, you know, at 10, I probably would give this, in my opinion, probably an 8, 8 out of 10, I think. You know, if you're someone that wants to, especially if you want to invest in a, a shared universe show, which you can watch for free for the most part, I think this is a pretty good universe to tune into. And I think Arrow wouldn't be a bad show to watch. You don't even have to watch the other shows to be invested in the Arrowverse. But I think at least watching some parts of Arrow, I think you'll see that there's some things here that, that really work. There's a lot of things that don't work, but I think for what it is, it's pretty good. So yeah, this is going to be my full review of Arrow. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. Next, we're going to be covering The Flash, which I'm excited for, though, to be honest, I haven't actually seen the last two seasons, I haven't watched the Arrowverse in a long time. So those last two seasons are just going to be a me doing a, a, a full watch blind. So I hope I'm going to enjoy those. But I am very excited because The Flash was one of the few shows that really, really made me want to watch more of Arrow. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to at least like some parts of the show. And yeah, uh, just be sure to follow uh, let me know what you think of the Arrowverse, and um, I might maybe do a visual review of the Arrowverse shows on my YouTube channel, so just be sure to check that out. I'll put the links in the description. Once again, this is Greg Campbell, and you've been tuning in to Gavin with Greg. Stay chill. Bye.